0: Welcome back to the Perth Business Podcast. We're a podcast for Perth's business community, and we give voices to the entrepreneurs, creatives and trailblazers of Perth, and this is a platform for you to access their stories in order to build your own businesses better. I'm Taryn, the host of the podcast, a digital marketing gal with five years of industry experience working and networking with the best in Perth over a Bev when the best stories tend to emerge. I handpick each of my guests from SMEs offering innovative B2C solutions to CEOs of large WA enterprises with national and international perspectives, all for the benefit of your blessed earholes. The podcast features origin stories of our local thought leaders, their tales of tough times and tribulations, as well as their trade secrets, tips, and learned strategies that led to their success. Our dream is that you'll learn from their mistakes and challenges and implement their solutions for yourself. So grab a cup of coffee or settle in for the drive to work or to the gym or to the fridge and enjoy. Make sure you give us your thoughts online at Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn and hit that little subscribe button to make sure you get our episodes every week. Without further ado, here's our next guest. On this episode, I talk to Kim from Wondering Design Studio. Kim is an independent, creative minded individual passionate about cultivating brands. We talk about her remote design studio based in Perth, the clients and case studies that she's had experience with that are a little bit out of the ordinary, and how you grow from a passionate freelancer to someone who owns their own business in branding, design and marketing solutions. Kim's passion is infectious, and we have an awesome chat about all things design and marketing. For anyone who's looking to be a little bit bold with their new business or to make changes in their existing business, give this episode a listen and let us know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave us Also comment once you've had a listen to the episode. Welcome to the Perth Business Podcast. This is so exciting. I'm so Hello. excited.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for having me. We
0: made it. We were both a little bit lost today. I think the coffee shop was late for me and you jumped on the freeway and it was just a mess. So we made it here in time. I'm very impressed actually, 10 past 10. <laughs> Not too bad for me either. Very impressed, yeah. <laughs> um, And I think, so we both have an oat flat white, which I love. I was like, this is super, super easy because sometimes I've got it written in my phone. I'm like, long mac topped up almond milk dash of hazelnut. No too much. It's too much for a Saturday morning. Milk (laughs) is the best. It is the best. It's creamy, it's got all the things that you need for a coffee and I feel like almond milk is just pulp and water so (laughs) put that to the side. Um, So thank you for joining me this morning. I'm so excited to chat to you about your business, about everything, Perth brand design, all of that. Can you give us a bit of a rundown um, on whether you're from Perth um, and Anything that sort of inspired your career journey as a child or in your family? Do you have entrepreneurs in your family?
1: What, oh, wow. Yeah, all about you. Um, no, I'm not from Perth. Yeah. I'm from Nottingham in England. Oh, there's the accent. I can yeah. hear it. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't really have a Nottingham accent. My dad's from London. Mm. Oh. So I have a little little southern twang to my Midland accent. Nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, I came out to Perth actually a few years ago to play hockey originally. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and then just played for six months for one team. Loved it, traveled the world playing, played in Spain, played um, in Tokyo, played oh, out, I was coached out in America. Um, and then just had this calling to come back to Perth, I guess. Awesome. Loved it so much. And then um, that's kind of why I ended up here, met my partner got stuck because of COVID mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and haven't been home since. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up out in Perth. Um, cool. What was the other question?
0: So, okay, that's a really good story, actually. <laughs> um, in hockey, do you do that, like, do you still play hockey?
1: Yeah, I do. I play for a club called uh, Reds Hockey Club. Okay, cool. Just based at Aquinas College.
0: Oh, lovely. That's yeah. awesome. So, like, you've kind of just had that always. So, what? how do you marry up, like... So you played sport, you moved to Perth. You, did you study in Perth or did you? No,
1: I, um, I finished my studies in at Loughborough University mm-hmm. in the UK doing graphic communication illustration. Okay. Um, when I came out originally to play in Perth, the company that I was working for as communications officer in the UK, I was 21 I think at the time, mm-hmm. um, had an office. The head office was actually based in Perth. So I came out and transferred to the office here Um, And just work for them part time while I was playing and enjoying Mm. my sort of my version of a gap year, I suppose.
0: I love that. I think that's Um, really cool.
1: Yeah. So hockey and like working as a designer has allowed me to travel because with design, I can do it remotely. I can do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, And hockey's kind of given me the base, um, like going to play for a team somewhere. So I've kind of done them both together. Cool. It's worked really well for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you want to do a little shameless plug of your business?
1: I would love to. Yes. So my business is called Wandering Design Studio. Kind of like to tell people that that's me. That's me wandering around, you know, (laughs) going from country (laughs) to country, obviously settling in Perth, but that's that's kind of the inspiration behind the name Wandering Design Studio. And I specialize in branding first and foremost. So rebrands of companies or helping startups to put their vision to reality, I guess, and then how they market that across all their touch points. So kind of creating a brand suite that they can then use for all the different types of marketing that they would need. So depending on what their business is, it could be through their website, through digital marketing, through social Mm. media, whatever it is, making sure that that kind of uses their brand voice really well.
0: Awesome. So, Um, yeah, it's a bit more than just design, like on its own. Yeah, yeah, kind of with
1: a marketing... um, aspect to it I guess Mm
0: -hmm. yeah cool why is that sort of thing necessary for a business so why did you find the need to pair up the brand storytelling and creation with design like how closely related are um, visuals to the Mm -hmm. strategy for your business big question (laughs) yeah
1: big question ah I think it's one of the most important things about um you know people see your business Mm. and they see that whether that's from a brick and mortar sign on a shop front to social media now to website now you can be found on so many different platforms absolutely Mm. everywhere and if there's an inconsistent rhythm to what you're putting out there I think it can be confusing and off-putting for you know customers or clients Um, but if they see a really strong brand presence throughout every type of marketing that you have, it makes them understand your business a lot better Mm. um, and feel like they, you know, want to put their money into or buy from that business because it makes more sense to them. That's certainly the way that I see things. If I see um, a company with a really lovely shop front and then (laughs) um, a terrible website, Mm. for example, they've obviously invested all their energy into that shop Mm. but I I wanted to buy online that day and it would put me off um so having consistency across all of the different touch points for me is really really important I mean millennials at the moment they kind of want to be impressed on many different Mm -hmm. many different platforms um so I think having the visual right Mm. is is incredibly important
0: yeah, I think you touched on something good which is like the expectation of your target audience there. So if you are trying to target millennials, you've got to be and it sort of makes sense like, you know, in a in a not um I want to say brainless, but like it's not in a, <laughs> in a very obvious way that you need to be where your audience is. Um but it's there's also a big difference between where you assume they are versus where they actually are and what they're picking up because like I might go for a walk on a Saturday morning to get my coffee um, but then I'll shop online for, you know, the new leggings that I've dropped at, you know, this sports place that I shop, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the other week I might have a friend visiting and I might go in store. So like you're right, I think that consistency of branding and the storytelling and the visual visualisation has to be, it's really important. It has to be really consistent across the different touch points. Yeah,
1: exactly. I think I read somewhere recently that millennials don't, they actually prefer to go in store mm. nowadays mm. Um where well, I think my generation enjoys buying things online more. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you get them into your store in the first place? Why are they choosing to go to yours? They don't watch TV. You know, they're on they're on TikTok. They're on all these other platforms. And why are they going to choose to go into yours? You've mm-hmm. got to have an maybe more interesting interactive experience in your store. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have a channel to get them there mm. in the first place. So there's lots of different channels that you can reach people now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. So for your business, um, when, you, uh, when you're when you dealing with clients and when you're creating strategies and brands, that sort of thing, is that a conversation you have with them in terms of how they're going to use the, the brand suite or their designs that they are working with you
1: for? So how they're going to use it? Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, whenever I'm starting a project, um, we do a sort of discovery meeting where we really try and pinpoint um, who their target audience is and then, therefore, what their strategy would be in order to create their branding. Mm -hmm. Um, And the main focus is around where their branding is actually going to be Mm -hmm. um, because that can tailor how we design it. Um, Depending on the target audience, you might have hardly anything online or digitally, you know, depending on the business. So, yeah, it's a really big part of what we talk about is... um, how they're actually going to use their mm. their branding and and turn it into some clever marketing or something like that.
0: Awesome, yeah. No, I think you answered that really well because, yeah, you're right. If it's a consistent thing for their brand, like whether they need a logo or like you know templates that sort of thing, versus do you ever do work when they've got like a project and you're like, great, we've already got this existing brand that we've worked with you on, and now we get to like yes. do something really cool and different.
1: Yeah, like yeah. a one off a one off project or mm. something. Cool. Yeah, exactly. One of my clients recently, um, they're a, a food-based, how do I describe it actually? Mm. Sorry. That's all right. Um, yeah, so they create meals, mm-hmm. meal prep, pre-made meals, and they have they started a few years ago and they sell them from their own um, like warehouse and they have a van that drops it off round to people. Cool. And for the first time um, this year, they're actually now in IGA, And things like that. Do you want to give them a shameless little plug as well? Yes, of course. Their name is Be Nourished. Mm. They're a Perth-based local company. And so, for the first time, they needed completely new packaging. Right. Uh, So, this time, it wasn't packaging that was coming in a box to your door. Um, It was, can you get someone's attention in IGA? Yeah. So, the focus was different to actually try and convert someone into a customer. So... We actually went for really light colors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of white with writing on top and then their branding colors and then the imagery of the photo is the main point. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other pre-made meals that you might see is black. Mm-hmm. It's really dark colors. Um, so it stands out in comparison to all of the other ones on the yeah. aisle. So if you're there in IGA, have a look. You'll yeah. notice it mm-hmm. is. it looks very different.
0: Yeah, and it speaks to, like, it sounds like it speaks to their intention as well. So be nourished, light, bright, healthy, all that yes, sort of thing. Yeah, versus, exactly. I think, what's it, Muscle Chef? Um, really yeah. dark, like suctioned. I think they, they have, like, the suction pack food. <laughs> and I'm always like, that looks so weird. It looks like I'm going to heat it up and it's going to come out <laughs> really different. But it, like, I've heard their meals are really yummy as well. But it's it's the dark branding and it makes you think, Muscle, like, man, I yes. don't know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, that sounds like you've always got like a bit of a targeted approach depending on where the um, branding is going to be sitting, what the intention is. Um, you did touch on whether or not you design for like acquisition versus awareness, that sort of thing. So if you've got a meal that's, you know, needs to stand out a little bit different, you've designed it a bit lighter so it sits out um, from the crowd, stands out from the crowd, sits out. <laughs> that would be very impressive if you sit out from a crowd. Um <laughs> Uh, What sort of challenges do you face when it comes to um, clients that you've had and experiences that you've had? Because I feel like having a little stalk of your Instagram, um, you've got some really cool and interesting things that you've like touched on in terms of like your breadth of your capability, your breadth of capability, I guess is what Uh, I'm saying. Um, Has there been like a quirky or an odd brand that you've worked with and you've been like, oh, this is actually really tricky. I've got to really think about this. Good
1: question, tricky. Mm. Um, I think, don't know what's so mine. Yeah, I, I did have a project recently which I haven't been able to market yet mm. because they've not launched and they really want to mm-hmm. um, do their big launch first before before I put anything out there. Um, but we went through this really lengthy process of um, figuring out what their style was going to be mm-hmm. and. Um, what their name was and I got really into the project as I do with most of my projects I get really really passionate about it Mm. and I almost come up with too many design options and go off on this crazy tangent and then rein myself back in um, and then provide the client with a bunch of different options that they can look at Mm. and I was very very excited about this one because often I'll create something that I think will work for them but Mm -hmm. it's not my favorite style Mm. and with this one I am I loved all of the different concepts that I'd created. Yeah. And Oh, that's awesome. I was so excited to show them. And we changed the name. They changed the name and they changed the entire style. So I was like, I actually was left quite oh. upset. Not upset, yeah. but it yeah. was quite sad. I was like, oh my gosh. I was so excited about these designs going out there and yeah. this company that we were creating. And then absolutely everything changed. And it was almost like the company had had fallen oh, or something you know yeah, I was like your oh, baby exactly yeah. I felt like it was almost my company by that point um <laughs> so that's definitely been something that was tricky yeah. and then obviously once we restarted the project the style completely changed um I can actually say oh. to more of a Japanese inspired um style so that was wow. then it became something completely new and more exciting because I got to try something different um yeah. so yeah it was really cool I was very happy with the end product but the journey that we went on to get to the end product. Yeah, like, I'm like,
0: I love this. Yeah. brand. and they're like, Oh, yeah, that's really great. But <laughs> yeah, we've
1: actually had a complete change of, <laughs> of
0: and you're idea. Like, oh, no. My baby.
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one that springs to mind. That's mm-hmm. been an interesting one recently. Mm. Would you um, keep
0: those designs and kind of refer to them for something else if they didn't work for one one business? If you had like another business that came to you with a similar offering obviously not the same name but like you know a similar um yeah.
1: style and feeling and tone would you use that or how do you deal with like projects yeah, p- you potentially it- I mean yeah. it's unlikely that I'll ever create a company with the same name mm. I mean you never know mm. um but I actually often use so I because I create a booklet of designs when I send them to mm. a client and now that sort of journey through that brand that never came to fruition I often use that when I've got a new client or I've nearly got a new client they want to see more than what I show on my website and my social media they want to see like how I present to them their ideas I use this now and send that to them and say this is you know a journey that I went on with a client that never turned into anything um and this is what sort of thing I would do for you so I'm kind of using it within my own marketing I mm. suppose. Like a lookbook, um, yeah. Yeah like a lookbook, exactly.
0: Yeah awesome. I love that because immediately I was like oh if you go into like a tattoo studio or an art gallery or something they're like look what we can do this is how we show it to you and this is how you choose it and then we do we either put it on your skin or you buy it <laughs> and you put it on your wall. So in your sense it is very much that like experience. How important is it for your clients to experience your journey of coming to that point of heard you <clears throat> these are the conversations we've had mm-hmm. this is the discovery session um how important is it to your clients to see how you've arrived at that brand? yeah
1: yeah good question it actually I've noticed it really varies it <coughs> depends on the client um because some clients really want to be heavily involved mm. in all of the processes mm. which I don't mind at all because I've you know I do it because of the I really enjoy all of the processes. So when I have that kind of initial discovery meeting, I'll have some clients that kind of, they don't really mind how we get to the end product. They already have the trust in me and what I'm doing. Mm. And um, they're satisfied with just giving me the information Mm. that they know and letting me run off wild with it by myself and then sort of creating something. And then with others, it's really important to them to know how we arrive at the end point, what's the process that we're going to go through, how many options are they going to get to see, how many revisions are they going to get to have within that price point, right. um, that kind of thing. So it, it does really vary um, yeah. depending on the client.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's interesting, like the de- the level of detail that people will ask you for, like the level of revisions, how how much do I get to change my mind? Yeah, exactly. And how much do I like... Get to say, oh, that is so close to what we want, but it's just like something's a little bit off. Mm-hmm. So I guess in terms of communication with your clients, because you must go back and forth, like with some a lot, and some yep. are like, yeah, this is all I needed, very basic, thank you. Um, <laughs> what's the level of rela- relationship that you have with your clients, and how do you best communicate with them? Um, let's maybe that's a really big question. But <laughs> <laughs> how do you best communicate with them when you're trying to get them on board? And then what do you, like, how do you maintain that relationship?
1: So trying to get them on board, what do you mean?
0: Um, <clears throat> like, sorry, I should not have coffee first in <laughs> the morning, honestly. I should down like a lemon water or something. Um, so getting them on board in terms of, uh, do, you, do most people reach out to you because they've seen you? Do you um, base your business, a lot of uh, new business on referrals? What's your strategy to get people sort of attracted to you if they've not heard of you before? Yeah. Or do they tend to hear of you and I, then come to you?
1: It's actually quite rare that it's somebody that doesn't know me through someone else. Mm. Usually it's a referral from either a friend who's seen my work mm-hmm. or a client who's worked with me who's then referred me to someone that they know. Yeah. Um, so usually they have a pretty good idea of who I am and what kind of thing I do. Um. There's only been a few occasions where I've had a complete stranger um, with absolutely no connection to me or any previous work Mm -hmm. that's come through my Instagram account or my website. Mm -hmm. Um, So from my referrals that I have, it keeps me busy enough, which is really cool. Um, So, yeah, usually it's just someone jumps on my Instagram message and says, hey, I got referred to you by this person. Um, This is what I'm looking to do. And then um, we'll set up a call. That's really and cool. chat about it. Yeah. I think
0: that speaks to the experience that your cu- your customers, clients – Yeah. I don't know how you think of them.
1: Um, <laughs> clients, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Um, how they – you know, their journey with you and working with you it obviously speaks really highly to their experience with you. So that's really cool. Um, do you think – so what sort of scale is your business at the moment, just so the listeners have a sort of idea of your team size? and My the, team size, yeah. yeah. It's just
1: me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the designer – accountant mm-hmm. <laughs> um the customer marketing Serving specialist yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah I'm sort of the jack of all trades yeah. master of none type yeah. of person uh yeah. that does everything um and for now I definitely want to keep it that way mm-hmm. um because well I think I would struggle giving parts of what I do for clients away to someone else and employing someone else um so yeah, it's just me and I would say that I probably work actually three days a week yeah, on, cool. on this business. Mm-hmm. Um, but every week looks totally different. Sometimes it spills into my evenings and weekends mm. and becomes a lot more than that. And sometimes it can be less if there's nothing urgent on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can sort of take some time mm. to myself and enjoy. Yeah. Um, family time or something like that so yeah it's I would say it's still a very small business um for me I only started it in October last year yeah but I've been freelancing for years yeah right so um but I was have been a freelancer kind of around the world or with clients back in the UK yeah and then this was kind of a big shift and change to actually launching a Perth-based business
0: amazing uh
1: yeah so I was working full-time before. Mm -hmm. Um, with hardly enough time to freelance on the Mm -hmm. side and then really wanted to have more time to do freelancing. So set the business up, um, started setting up in September, launched it in October and then now I work part-time as an employee of a signage company in Perth Mm -hmm. and then Mm part-time on this business and I've created a kind of hybrid working life that works really well for me.
0: Yeah, that's Awesome. So talking to that time that you've allocated to work on your clients and your projects, how long does it take to get from like brief to outcome? De- depending on what you deliver, I suppose. Yeah, right? yeah, so if, if absolutely. If it's like a brand suite, how long would that take you?
1: If it's a brand, brand suite, which is quite in-depth, so I offer three different mm-hmm. uh, branding packages. Mm-hmm. Although I do, I do always say that, you know, this is a base idea of a package and if there's something in there that you're not interested in, Um, we can swap it out and just create a package that works for you. But I kind of start with three basic um, packages in terms of the depth that we put into the strategy behind it. Um, And I will say four to six weeks usually uh, for a a larger branding strategy um, project, Mm -hmm. one to two weeks for sort of like a mini brand guide, you know. Oh, cool. A company that just wants to start up on with an Instagram presence, uh, initially a really small company might, might just be two weeks for a mini brand guide. Um, but sometimes it takes a lot longer Mm. because they are working full time and they're setting up their side hustle. Mm. And so the level of attention that they want to put into it before they get back to me means that they don't get back to me for a week or two. And then I have to go and, you know, create revisions and ideas and changes, get back to them. So yeah, um, Sometimes it can take up to, you know, two months to mm-hmm. yeah. get it right.
0: It's a big decision as well. Like I feel like if someone sent me a brand suite or even an Instagram like asset template, you know, package, I'd be like, I need some time to think about this. Like you yeah. sleep on it and then wake up and be like, how do I feel about this?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I always st- kind of stress to my clients, you really do need to think about it and mm. tell me what you like and don't like and what you're thinking um, if. Sorry I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Yeah Um,
0: I think like you hit on a good topic like you hit on a good point in terms of like whether or not they actually like it. Do you find people struggle to tell you if they don't like it?
1: I don't think so because whenever we start the project I'm always really clear. Um, Well hopefully I make the client feel comfortable that there will be things that they don't love Mm. you know as much as me and Mm. that they're Their mum doesn't love as much as them and then someone else prefers something else. And what I've learned from design over the years is everybody has a different view. (laughs) So, you know, I'll say I might prefer concept three personally, but think concept two works better for you and you might be really drawn to something on concept four and that's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So pick it apart, tell me the things that you... Like, tell me the things that you don't like because if there's something that you don't like, it helps me to shape creating the right thing for mm-hmm. you. So there's, I don't mind if if there's something you don't like, tell me. Yeah. So hopefully that makes them feel really comfortable to just sort of say how they feel honestly and not worry that that's an issue. Mm. Um, yeah, good. So yeah, I think that, that that we have a pretty good relationship usually. Yeah, for them to give really constructive feedback that we can then create the best final product.
0: Yeah, it's really hard as well as like, because I'm on like, I'd be on the client side of briefing in like a creative project. And I've had the experience on the other side where you're presenting the creative concept to someone who's briefed something in. And like, if the brief doesn't align with the creative, like the outcome, it's like, who, like, what went wrong there? Are they they not enjoying the creative outcome because something was misbriefed? or, Or did we completely just not listen to certain aspects of what they were trying to achieve so both sides of that is like it's very much like a communication thing right if you're like I really like this but something feels off I'm not sure what it is I think it might be the font I think it might be the color (laughs) it might be the shape I think yeah it's like get vague with it but then get try and get really specific in terms of like what are you feeling about it like is it just giving you like a vaguely no vibe, or can you pinpoint and be like that picture is not it like that is not it Mm. yeah exactly Mm. um do you work with other creatives in your role? So like photographers, um, that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't know what else you might, who else you might collaborate with?
1: Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, or I'll refer them, my client to, you know, a videographer or photographer mm. who I think would be good for them to work with. Um, kind of depending on how much time I've gotten, the scale of the project that they have. Right. Um, because I do photography and videography myself. Oh. Um, but I am not a videographer or a photographer. That kind of goes along the yeah. Jackal Trades, Master of None yeah, was kind thinking, of thing yeah. in terms of the services that I offer. Um, if they are wanting, you know, this epic advert that's going to be, needs to be incredibly professional, mm-hmm. then I would say go to a videographer to get it, you know, get yeah. that sort of thing done. But if they just wanted a, a few social media adverts and things like that, then I would be doing that myself with the client. So, yeah, depends on the project. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've only been working in the industry in Perth for just over six months now, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of trying to create my own little black book of people that I can work with. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of have a little spiel on my website. Like if you're a a freelancer yourself or a small business owner yourself in um, whether it be copywriting, web developing, videography, photography, because I, I think of myself as the branding specialist. Right. Um, I would love to meet other people like me within who have a speciality. Oh, yeah. um, and I don't think I'm there yet with knowing mm-hmm. lots of other ones like me in yeah. Perth, so probably more networking for me to do. That's cool. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to be able to have this sort of long list of people to mm. refer and work with collaborate with on projects that yeah. would be sort of a more longer term goal I think
0: yeah like a community of small business sort of it's almost like we had someone on recently who was saying in, in gyms <clears throat> um they have uh, different specialties and what they focus on for their clients so it might one might be women only or fat loss or um muscle building and they have no issues being like we're actually not gonna be able to help you but this guy down the street can help you oh yeah um and that sense of community and not, com- not being competitive. Yeah. Because if you're good at what you do and you've got the audience, like you're in the right space where your community, um, your inner community that of people that will want to use your services and need you, you shouldn't have to compete, you know, based on like skill level, right? It should yeah. be more like skill set. Um, like I do this and I work with this person who does something similar, but it's not the same, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because you might need this versus that. Um yeah, that's really that's cool. I'd love to, as a part of the podcast, create a community like that where people can speak to one another in a really open minded sense so they can be like, hey, we actually do the same similar things, but I feel like we could work together because you do this really well and I do this really well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be together. amazing. Mm. I don't know if there's something like that that already exists within Perth. Yeah, I think um, so. The
0: small business like hubs and that, like, there are services. Yeah. But in terms of community, Like there's one for social media, make coffee does, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, be interesting. But um, yeah, that's my little journey. (laughs) Yeah. Um, back to you though. (laughs) Um, why Perth? Like, are you talking about community and like speaking of speaking to the people that you do work with and you know who you want to network with and collaborate with? Why? Why Perth? Why have you? Why have you stuck here? Because I know at the beginning you said it was like your calling, but like, (laughs) is there a proof point to that that you found?
1: I I don't know what it was initially about Perth. Maybe maybe when I first came out to Perth, it was the first time I'd sort of gone far away from the nest, as it were, um, and really done Mm. my own thing. And something about my experience when I came out here and created a life and a community by myself out here, I just loved. Mm. I just fell in love with the with the city, uh, with the people. Um, That's lovely. Oh, <laughs> I <laughs> That's don't know beautiful. why. Yeah, no, I, it's a really good question. <clears throat> but it's just a really, really great place to live. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, back to the hockey part. Mm. <laughs> the hockey is, is great in Perth. It's probably the best uh, place to play in Australia, which is why I com- came out originally yeah. to Perth. So... Um, yeah, I would say a lot of it is based around um, my sporting yeah hobby. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's cool. Who would have thought? My housemate plays hockey as well, and I'm always like, what? when I hear these sports, I'm like, wow, I would never have even at school like it was not a thing. I didn't go to school in Perth to be honest, to be fair. But um, when I heard in Australia, I was like, these kids go surfing? What the what the hell? Because I been <laughs> schooling in South Africa, and you know, a little bit in Melbourne, there's no <laughs> beaches there yes. that you can surf at. Some people in Queensland were like, oh, yeah, we did um, surfing as like an elective. I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I know.
1: Hockey? that's What do you mean? Absolutely like, crazy to me too. <clears throat> like, I mean, in Nottingham, we are the furthest away from any mm. coastline or beach. Mm-hmm. Not that we would surf much in <laughs> m- many of our beaches anyway, yeah. um, apart from Cornwall and Devon probably. But, <laughs> yeah, surfing at school is yeah. crazy to me too.
0: Insane. <laughs> um what's back to your business what's the future what sort of things what challenges are you facing at the moment or what what are you looking forward to is there anything that's coming up for you business wise
1: I think the kind of what we touched on earlier is the growth of the business Mm -hmm. if if I were to um start taking on employees or or grow it to that point um whether I choose to do that or not I think is kind of the next hurdle for me because um. yes I could try and turn it into a, a larger agency branding agency um, or am I actually just happier keeping it as just me yeah Um, I'm not sure I think probably the latter at this point because part of what I love about doing it is the personal relationships that I can build with the clients and it, me feeling like what I'm doing is helping them yeah um, that's gives me a lot of joy so if I were to grow the business and sort of sit at the top not doing the the groundwork I don't think that would like bring me any happiness right um yeah not not driven by money in that sense yeah so probably that when when I end up getting too much client work requests you know having to say you're gonna have to wait x amount of time if you want to work with me because Mm. I can't grow the business big enough to allow that many clients at one time. Yeah. So I think that's probably for me the one of the hard things. Yep. Um, yeah. 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 Sure what else?
0: Growth. That's cool. That's a good stage to be in, I think, where you're like, I'm really enjoying the work and I can see potential to grow, but you're not like quite like wanting to be the CEO of the no. biggest design company in Perth yeah, <laughs> yet.
1: Yeah, um, I'm enjoying the, the process of what I'm doing at the moment yeah. and, and the, the pace that it's at now.
0: Yeah, I think that speaks to like a question that we've asked on the podcast before and maybe I asked earlier about like why you did your own thing as opposed to working in a company. Do you think you would face similar challenges working for a business that you do as a business owner? Like what are the key things that you have um, sort of overcome and the challenges that you face uh, if you were to give an advice to anyone starting a business like yours? Like what is the top learning you've kind of had? Is it like trusting yourself in the process? Is it having a strategy in place to be able to speak to clients and respond to them and take them on a journey? Um, Just thinking from anyone who wants to leave a business to start their own little side hustle. Yeah, I
1: actually think one of the biggest things for people starting a business is remember that you don't have to be like, the most expert level at what you're selling almost because you will get better and you will learn all the time so I think never see yourself as an expert in your field and you will grow really well in what you do and that's kind of I almost cringe when I say I'm a professional (laughs) this or branding specialist expert because I think I haven't learned everything there is to learn about even the services that I provide. Um, And if you can, whatever your business is, you can view it like that. Mm -hmm. You realise what your, you know, your starting point, whatever it is now, it won't look like that in a year because you should be constantly evaluating what you do, what you provide, how you work with your clients and your customers and improving it and seeking feedback. Um, And that will help your business to grow. Mm. Um, So it can be a good thing to be constantly evaluating and be constructive. I really like um, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that because I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about ego and the businesses that we've experienced where the boss or the the um the founder was just like let their ego get ahead of what the business and the employees are trying to do, which is learn, grow. Not be the best at what they're doing, but get better, like actually do the job better. Yeah. So ego is a big thing. And if you, I think, yeah, if you are like trying to put yourself forward as, oh, I'm the expert in something like some creative services, which in Perth we have a well of like people who are, you know, creating in their rooms or at home in their houses. Um, so to call yourself the expert is like, well, have you met everyone in Perth that does this? <laughs> like, how? Yeah. How do you do that?
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, um, and that's the same with what you were saying about. <clears throat> You know, if you were a CEO or the mm. the top of a business, mm. what, what advice would you have? And I think from my personal experience working in companies, the best managers, bosses, CEOs I've had are ones that aren't shy to ask other people's opinions on things and take on board. You know, they've, if they've got lots of different types of specialists within their company, do, can they trust yeah. their opinions as yeah. well and their experience and... That's what I think has always been the best. I have more respect for um, bosses and managers that that are able to do that.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting topic then I suppose if you're talking about recognition. Like if you are trying to be the expert and you're going for awards or you're getting grants, how do you feel like putting yourself forward for something like that and like having to be like, I'm really good at this and you should award me for it. How does that make you feel?
1: Yeah, it's actually something I – have been thinking about in the last probably only month or two is whether I do put some time into applying for these awards. There's a there's quite a few out in mm. out here in Australia. Um I never I've never done it. I've never applied for them. Um I do find find it hard, I think, to um put something together and say, hey, this is the absolute best. Um but I think it would be good for me mm. to to try, you know. Yeah. get that recognition, so um I'll definitely think about it. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, it's hard to, because I think sometimes, I've heard a lot lately when people say, go into business, make sure you fill your trophy cabinet first so that you've, you're, yeah, like, recognised in your profession. And I find that really weird, because, like, <laughs> I think, like, if you're putting yourself forward for awards and that's the main goal, you're missing something, like you're missing you know, the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, if it is just to get recognition, that's cool. You're ticking all those boxes, but surely no one starts a business to get recognition. Like mm. surely. Yeah, that's, good point. That would be very egotis- egotistical, I think. I think,
1: yeah. I think the, you know, the other thing, I, I was looking at one of the awards, um, I think it was a like a branding and packaging mm. concept award I was thinking um, about entering for a project I've done. But then I looked at all the entry requirements and I thought I have time to – I have to put off a client to mm. apply for this because, you know, time. Seriously? I don't have the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so involved. I'm more interested in doing my client work and um, yeah. enjoying my business. I think then putting that time mm. into the application at the moment. Mm. Um, so, Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not my first priority, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I no, enjoy the process, I suppose, and recognition and awards will come when they come and when you're ready to have that time or have someone dedicated to that sort of thing. That's cool, yeah. Awesome. Um, was there anything you wanted to touch on for your business or anything that you wanted to talk about before we sort of – I feel like we. it doesn't feel long, but it's been like a 40-minute conversation, Has it? which is oh, great. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I suppose we ended up touching on um, – sort of networking with other mm. similar professionals within the industry. So perhaps if if there's any others listening to this and they would like to reach out to me as a professional rather than as a client, um, then I would love to. I'm always open to networking, so that yeah. might be something that I could sort of say. Yeah. Um, is there anyone
0: that you wanted to work – like is there anything specifically in terms of skill set that you'd like to work with, like yeah,
1: particularly? good question. I would say um, web developers. Mm. And animators and videographers would probably be the three, because they're the three things that I don't I don't have as much experience in myself. So um, those kinds of connecting with those kinds of um, specialists would be really beneficial, I think, for me and then my clients.
0: Awesome, cool, that's great. Any last takeaways for the like? For the people listening, who maybe are—they could be clients, they could be people starting their own business. Any takeaways? Let's go with the entrepreneurs. So people sure. who want to maybe start a business, or they've got a business and they're like, "I want to—I don't—I want to set goals to grow, or I want to set goals to get awards, or I, yeah. I want to do something." Like, if anyone's starting a business, what's your sort of takeaway as a business owner? How have you found that journey? Um, or how would you best say to someone, you know, enjoy the journey? Would you say enjoy the journey? Would you be like, get better at your skill set? What is your takeaway for someone who might be starting a biz on their own in Perth right now? Yeah,
1: I would say don't rush that process. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of companies, they have a general idea and they go all guns blazing straight away without thinking about the plan first. Mm -hmm. Um, So get a pen to paper, think about your business plan, what are you actually doing first? Before you're going into your branding and developing your marketing and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, have a little bit of a plan first, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Like, because you did say before. (laughs) No, I feel like you were saying before that, like, you don't necessarily need to have a plan on a page to be able to start. You just need to start um, with an idea of a plan of what you want to do and have the input from the person that you're doing the work for or with. Yeah. And have the plan to basically meet those expectations, right? So you're not saying like be rigid and have a plan and do stick to the plan. But it's like have a plan to follow a plan.
1: Yeah, an idea to then create more ideas. Mm. Exactly. Because I think one of the things that I've learned by doing branding is some people come to me saying, I want you to create my brand, Mm -hmm. but they don't know what they're selling yet necessarily. So Mm. it's quite hard to do the branding without knowing what the company really is. Yeah, um, good point. So it's just it's a process, yeah. Um, which you don't have to do in that order necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, if you've got a little bit of an idea before you go to the branding specialist, that will really help to make the best outcome for you. Yeah. Um, but I think any other piece of advice I'd have for people starting out is um, if you don't have a, a skill set in order to create something that you need for your business don't be afraid to outsource because one of the hardest things for a lot of entrepreneurs and startups is not wanting to spend the money and thinking I'll just go and do it myself Um, but there are professionals out there for a reason and they can really help you Mm. if you find the right people so yeah don't be afraid to spend a little to make a little I guess
0: good I like that that was a really good sort of end note I like that Thanks so much for taking the time today and dealing with me and my aunt, <coughs> whatever's going on here, but, yeah, and sharing a coffee with me and telling your story. I really no liked that. Like, I feel like we touched on so many important things that, as an on-the-ground creative, blah, that, blah, <laughs> that just sounds horrendous, but I'm being genuine. As someone who does the work for our business owners in Perth and, like, with clients, we're really making a difference. So it's really cool to hear your story. Thank, thank, thank you. you.
1: Thank yeah. you for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Perth Business Podcast. If there's anyone that you specifically want to hear from or you think would be great on the podcast, send us a DM on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, or you can email us at theperthbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you here next time.